Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 718, the Staten Island episode of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, coming at you from what we call Whisper Rooms here at the Flow Sports Headquarters, joined by David Bray, Ben Askren, and we are shooting a reality TV series on Flow Grappling, and that's why we're kicked out today from our studio. We we weren't kicked out, though. I We granted them access to our... We're being good stewards. Um, no, we got kicked out. It's okay, though. One day, we can be, do it from the Whisper Rooms. Ben, what's going on? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm excited. We had a full weekend of college wrestling. I told I was telling my kids on Sunday, like, man, we didn't even get this last year. We had conference weekend. We got NCAs. That was it. Many air tournaments. We got a bunch of tournaments already in, so I was uh, I was very happy. Yes, hundred percent. And there was a ton of action. We're gonna get to it. Uh, do, right off the top, Ben, what were, were there any results or standout performances? That, um. um yeah, Nick Fel- Nick Feldman surprised me. I didn't think he was that good. He beat um, who did he beat now? He beat uh, Zach Knight and Ward. Kingston Ward. Yeah, or Knight, yeah, Knight and Ward from uh, uh, Hofstra. Let's see who else was good. I thought the Michigan State 133 bracket was kind of fun. That was pretty tough. Yeah. Um, Wick looked really good, which I was happy about because obviously I like him. Um, he hammered a couple pretty good guys. Let's see who else. You tell me who are you excited by. Well, Madrigal stuck out at 133 for Michigan State. Yeah. I think of uh-huh. the he's if you're if you're crowning a wrestler of the week, it's it's him because you look at he beat three guys all ranked higher than. Two, including two All-Americans. He goes through Ragason, He goes through uh, Lucas Bird and then Rayvon Foley. All super, super gritty, tough matches where they're – I don't know if you got to watch matches or not yet, Ben, but basically every match came down to the wire, and he was either fending off a takedown or getting a late score, uh, really close matches. And so Madrigal goes from 23 to someone who enters – you know, the second or third tier at 133, at least in our perception, beating guys like Lucas Bird, who was kind of a standout last year. And so the the question for, for Madrigal, and in my mind, and, you know, Oklahoma was kind of a, a story here for the weekend. They had some really strong performances. They had three champs at MSU, I believe, Madrigal, Woodley, and one other. Oh, Joey Prada, shout out. Virginia's, mm, Prada, Virginia's yeah. own Joey Prada. And so for Madrigal, it's it's – if you're wondering, okay, is this sustainable? He's got to find a way to separate because these matches are like sort of coin flip. And like, is he going to be able to do this on a, on a continual basis? But a lot of stuff that works for him, it's his, he has a high attack rate and he can attack without getting reattacked pretty well. He can hang on the mm-hmm. leg if he doesn't get the finish. He's really tough to score on and scrambles. Yeah. Guys could get in and he could find ways to either extend the position, get stalemates. Yeah. I, I was my kids were really loving excited. that uh, that shin wizard leg pass combo he was doing. Yes, yeah, it was really nice. He hit a, a really good. I forget if it was Foley or Ragason. He hit a really nice one against, but uh, it, 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 it definitely bailed, it bailed him out of a really tough position. So yeah, he he looked he looked really good and um, certainly raised his own stock probably more than any single wrestler. Nick Feldman was uh, I don't know if I'll say a revelation because I'm I guess I'm not. The margin of victory definitely surprised me, 
But yes. him beating someone uh, like Zachary Knight and Ward, I would have thought was a definite possibility. But so, mm-hmm. but there were a couple of um, high schoolers in action. We had Nick Feldman, who was undefeated, Caleb but he did well. Yeah, Caleb Henson kind of ran through the Southeast Open at, at, at Virginia Tech, and he's he, got a year before he'll be there. Yeah, he had one Bracket early match, though. He, but he had one, he had a 4-3 match earlier in the tournament, but then he kind of mm-hmm. blew his guys out in the semis of finals, I believe. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I wish you, know, you would I guess have seen the, him against – oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh, you, uh, you can finish that one because I had a different thought. I, I'm all over the place. I wish you would have seen Caleb Henson against an NCAA qualifier-level guy like, yeah. like we did with Feldman. Um, that was the one thing we didn't get, but you know, as far as just college guys who've been in the room working out, he he looked good against everyone in front of him. Yeah, um, I was. Uh, I think <laughs> I don't make too much of it, but hey, we we need uh, Penn State needs someone to fill their twenty five sixty five spot forty nine spot with point scores, and so they had three freshmen this weekend. So I think a lot of people were eagerly watching them, and I don't want to say they they didn't pass the test, but none of them were like. Boom, they got it, right? You don't feel that way about any of those guys, I don't think, coming out of the weekend. Um, maybe they'll develop in the next three months. I, I know I did as a freshman, so I don't want to write them off, but um, I don't want – maybe disappointing. What do you think about that? Are, are you referring to Steen, Facundo, and Shane Van Ness? Yes, correct. Well, I thought Van, Van Ness looked fantastic, like a superstar. He just won two matches yeah. and left. So he, I think Yeah, so he didn't wrestle the thing. Okay. Steen, they're, they're yeah, they're they're in trouble at 125 unless Robbie Howard wrestles for them. Um, mm-hmm. Steen's not going to be a, a solution for this year, right? Yeah, um, and I'm not writing the kid off for his career, but the this the year. jumps that he's going to have to make to be a productive D1 starter are, yeah. are tremendous. Now, Facundo, I look at his loss, I'm like, man, that is such a that is just like a vintage true freshman loss. He was all over John Martin. Best. He couldn't quite get the finish. If it happens in in March, you'll be like, okay, I think he would probably win that match. But if you know, it was a just a common match. I think if he wins that tournament, we're probably looking at Facundo pretty differently, wouldn't you say? And well, John Martin, how was Martin Best last year? Uh, well, I'm not looking right. at him any different. So last year, Martin Best didn't wrestle. He went to Air Force Prep, and now this year he's at Maryland. Um, made the finals obviously beating Facundo and then he lost to Peyton Hall in the finals. Yeah. So, Oh, he lost to Peyton Hall. Yeah. So if he beat yeah. Pey- Peyton Hall was probably was, uh, was, that was a match I was really looking forward to seeing. And I like, I like Peyton Hall a lot. Shout out to the fighting Brackies. Um, but <laughs> yeah, is, is he going to come in? Is he, this isn't Mark Hall, right? This isn't a guy that's probably going to yeah. come in and win a title. Then again, then again, Mark Hall, Lost his maybe his first college tournament to uh, CJ Brucky, who I don't think ever even placed yeah. at NCAs. So it can right. happen. It can happen in that room. And I just uh, I don't think you you overreact to that. But I think there, there's progress to be made there for for 165, and we'll see if he ends up even yeah. being the guy for them. I think he is probably their best 65 though. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's what we're looking at these guys as like, uh, if they want to compete with Iowa, they need to score points at these positions. And, you know, that wasn't, um, like I said, that wasn't a performance where you're like, oh, shoot, that's the dude. I mean, because sometimes, like with the Nick Feldman, if, if he say he's a true freshman, right? You, you see him compete, you're like, wow. I didn't really, he can go, who, can, who can't he go with right now? And obviously, heavyweight, we have some really heavy hitters at the top, but the rest of the guys, like, 
man, Nick Feldman might be able to be top 10 this year at heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, when we saw Starachi at the scuffle, we were like, we were crowned. Yeah, one. Crowned that was a good one. We haven't seen that with, with these guys at this point. And speaking of, you know, heavy hitters scoring points and what Penn State needs to do to win a title, that was a, that was a focal point of their media day yesterday when Aaron Brooks and Coach Kale Sanderson were talking about the, the need for bonus points and sort of the the lapses they had, I guess you could say, last year, comparatively speaking, uh, to yeah. their normal bonus point production. And, you know, Aaron Brooks and, and other members of the team basically reinforcing, like, that's got to be an area where we're improved in for us to, to win a national title. So it's definitely yeah. on their radar. I guess, I guess the you know, something Dave and I were talking about before the show was how much – in college wrestling, can you say, I'm making this a focus and I can do that and become just a, a bonus point scorer? Or how much is it like you look at Logan Sieber, David Taylor, these kind of guys, they've been scoring bonus points throughout their entire careers. Not just They don't just turn that switch in college and yeah. become dominant dominant turners like David Taylor's well, been doing Zane, that. Zane did, for example. We talked about Zane the other day because Zane was not – I know he's a true freshman. I get it as a true freshman, but he was not a turner at all. He's actually, in my opinion, that year he was relatively boring on top. He was, you know, a great leg grab, but kind of like a backpack, and then totally mm-hmm. transformed himself two years later. Um, so I'd say, hey, if you're if you're a 15th ranked guy, you're right, Christian. I don't know if this is something you could just say flip the switch and go, but if you're a national champion already, which a couple of these guys are you can definitely make that push. And, and it's really just probably an improvement in a couple positions. And, you know, one, one of the things I find that with all great bonus point scores is like there's this desire to get it. And so there's so many transitionary points where it's like take down, boom, turn, right? Or take down, oh, they got a cradle. And then boom, boom, right? And all of a sudden you're scoring a whole bunch more points. So I think, yeah, with guys on that level, you, you can make that emphasis for sure. Yeah, well, I think Zane is is probably an outlier. I don't know if we've ever seen something quite like that before. One, two, he was he had a ton of top acumen already as a, as a as a high school wrestler and as a true freshman. He was winning a lot of matches with Matt Work, albeit a lot of it without turns. So I think that makes a easier transition. Whereas guys like Aaron and Carter are just dominant neutral wrestlers that just. Yeah. They get they win the takedown battle and you can't ride them and therefore they win. And I don't for them, can they make that transition to the to the next level of, of yeah. bonus point transcendence? Yeah, I mean I think I think it's just like I said, that takedown off turn, like when you really start pressing the action, and then the other thing is like you find these pathways once you get better at it. So if they I mean Obviously, are they going to get elite at it in one year? No, but could could they get a little more better, or a little better than they were? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I'm not expecting them to come out and be like Ed Ruth and David Taylor, but um, could they be better than they were? And I think the answer is yes. And so I think one thing, our, this is ahead, something our, our contributor Travis Johnson, he's our, our Penn State correspondent. He wrote about this a couple stats that are like crazy to me in his article. In 2019, all of Penn State starters their bonus rate as a team, as a group was 45%. Their starters won 45% of their matches by bonus points. That's crazy. Wow. The whole team. Yeah. Last year, only three guys on the team had more than one pin. And those guys were Bo Bartlett, Kirk Fleet, and Joe Lee. Nobody else had wow. more than one pin. Yeah, that's, that's sort of wild to think about. And I think you're – one thing I remember – and I, th- I saw this a lot last year, and I don't know if it was just with Penn State guys. It's, I think it was just – 
a thing. Guys would get a takedown early in the first period, and they would just ride. There, there were some Iowa guys doing this a lot where I'm like, man, if you let this guy up and get some more. Maybe it was Kimmer. I can't remember. That's terrible. Him, so you got ten. You got tenderize him. That's such a waste of time. If you if you're that good and you're not, but you're not a great turner, taking them down, and riding them for getting bonus is terrible. I mean, it's really yes. really bad strategy. You got you got tenderize them a little bit. You know, work them over. And that's coming from you. Absolutely. I mean, no. Liz, that that's the whole point. Is is you gotta you gotta kind of make them hate their life. Um, you got to make them not want to be there. You got to make them angry where they're doing stupid shit, where they don't, they, they know they shouldn't be. And if they can go out of the first period down two, zero or two, one, they're pumped. Like you got to really yeah. put it on them, you know, make it six, two, eight, three, and then they make a mistake and boom, all of a sudden they're on their back. Yeah. I think if, if I'm, you know, one of these guys, an elite national title contender, but I'm really trying to up my bonus points. This is coaching with Christian piles, but. Man, getting those get, – not being satisfied with just racking up two and a half minutes of riding time, but get those takedowns. The riding time, you will yeah. accumulate over a minute of riding time yeah. if you're dominating 100%. the takedown battle. So it's just – it's sort yeah. of – it's pointless to work that I, hard I generally for eight think, point. Yeah, I generally think unless you're uber elite on top, you get an early takedown on the first period, riding for a, a very extended period of time is really not a good idea. Bonus points are not. Right, because say you're gonna take down there's two and two minutes and thirty seconds left on top, you're not very good. The chances you're gonna call for a stalling or something like that. The chances your forms are gonna get really tired because you're not that good on top, um, or go go way up. So it's like, uh, man, get get 30, 45 seconds, and if it's hard to ride, then let the guy go. Unless for whatever reason he's way better than you, and you know if you if he gets neutral, he's gonna take yeah. you down. Then maybe don't do it. But if you are like slightly better than him on his feet get 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 30 45 seconds on the ride time let him go and then get after him again yeah uh other pieces of information from from penn state media day uh kale confirmed bo bartlett gonna be the 49 this year there was some question oh, really? would he redshirt um he just flat out said bo bartlett's going 49 so he'll be the guy there this year. Obviously, everyone knows I like Bo Bartlett. I'm excited to watch him this year. Full year at 149. What can he do? Is he going to be full size? I don't know. But he's pretty freaking good. Junior world medalist. Tough guy. Um, but he's another one. Really, really good wrestler. Really good on his feet. Yeah. But can he get those turns? Can he get the pins that, that they're going to they're gonna need to get up there with Iowa? That's going to be the question. Yeah. He can win a lot of matches, but can he get – had that separation and then to me the um, biggest news was roman bravo yes. young saying this is his last year and that is you know and he says he says that and i believe that that's what roman wants to do but i'm also gonna say i think kale will have his say in that too and uh, he will listen kale's a great recruiter i, I, not I, just listen, for, I get it i get it it's not just of, of high school kids. He's, I mean, he's talked to a lot of guys, you know, Kassar back in the day, you know, he did not want to come back. He came back and they, he hurt his shoulder, but the, I, I think there's going to be a lot of reasons for Roman to stay next year. And if I'm a Penn state yeah. fan, maybe it is his last year. So you should definitely appreciate it because there's only one RBY, but I wouldn't, I would say the door is not completely shut on him. Yeah. Back. Because what's he going to do? I mean, if, if he fights, they haven't had a major gym now. If he wants to wrestle internationally, that's the place to be. 
He he ain't leaving state college. You wouldn't think, right? And no, yeah. And next year, it, it depends how this. There's still a whole season to go, right? And I think yeah. for for Roman, it's like well, it's, fortunately, it's not a decision. You make. It's a decision you can, you know, after NCAA's yeah. and see where the dust settles. Maybe maybe he wins again, and Penn State wins a team title, and it's like boom, that's the perfect way to go out. Or maybe he. Who knows what's going to happen? But the bottom line is, if he doesn't come back, it is. I don't want to be hyperbolic and say it's devastating, but I mean, you lose yeah. a national champion, and there's not someone waiting in the wings that's ready to win a national title at 133. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe Robbie Howard moves up to 133, but at this point, we don't, I don't know that he's a national title contender right now. I think Robbie yep. Howard is really good, yeah. but he's been injured, and we haven't really got to see the full thing. So. Yes. Either way, it, it hurts. And Penn State is going to be better next year if it's Robbie and Roman to kick off the lineup as opposed to Gary Steen and, and Robbie Howard. Yeah. No, I thought, that, I thought that was huge news. I also would not like – I don't want to say I put too, put too much stock in it, but yeah, like when I look at his career pass, now I, listen, I don't know this guy at all. Maybe he's a software engineer and he wants to go start a Bitcoin firm. I don't know what he wants to do with his life. But – he seems like a guy who's all in you know, combat, so he's probably going to go fight or going to keep wrestling. One of the two is going to happen. And if he's going to do one of those two things, he's probably going to stay in state college. So, listen, Kale's probably like, okay, yeah, whatever, haha. Yeah, do your thing, Roman. And then, you know, he's going to let him have all next offseason. Then, like, August comes around, and he's like, eh, you're Roman. How about you know, you're here? You're living here. Come on, let's just wrestle, like, 10 matches and go win another national title. How about that? Right? Yeah. And that's what's going to yeah. happen. He's still pretty that, connected in Arizona, and I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't rule out him training somewhere in Arizona for MMA. Really, the team Cejudo? Maybe. Um, who I'm trying to remember the guy who he he's connected with a lot. Um, Tom Ortiz. I can't remember right now. El I can't remember right now. Okay. Is uh, maybe Dominic Cruz? I'm not sure. Guys. No, well, Cruz was yeah, Cruz was from Tucson, but he's in. I think he's in San Diego right now. Okay. So I guess that makes sense because Roman's from was from Tucson also. Yeah, man. So I I don't know. I know he's thinking. I know he's looking at options for sure. The fights this weekend were amazing. Oh my gosh! I was I was like on the fence. You never stay up that late, Christian. You never. But you know what? I you're right. But we had the extra. We had the bonus hour of sleep. Bonus hour. Then I didn't have to be at the early service for church, so it was like a confluence of factors made made everything oh. align, and it was perfect. Yeah, and yeah, uh, so fun to watch. Your your kids are old enough where you actually get the bonus hour again because you know my buddy Gerald, he he's a fighter. He came and watched the fights, and he's like, "Yeah, daylight savings tomorrow." I said, "Listen, Gerald, I, I don't want to burst your bubble here, but you got a six month old. That six month old, they don't know about daylight savings. They're gonna ask me waking up crying in the morning. You're gonna have to get up." <laughs> yep. Yep, no six months old. So they yeah, yeah, that was great. Up. But amazing, amazing fights. The the Gaethje Chandler fight was just so ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Jinx it was wild. Jinx. Okay, other Penn State stuff. Carter Starachi might be nuts. This guy. Why? What is on multiple in multiple interviews? Kale has talked about like one. I think he said. I think he said on one occasion he's the hardest worker he's ever been around. In this occasion, he's like, "Yeah, we got to throttle this guy back and like get him out of the room," kind of guy. And he yeah. just must be just 
so so obsessed with with winning and getting really good yeah. it's it's really evident i mean this dude just beat jason nolf in, in, in freestyle um yeah he's uh so they've got yeah. good bo good nickel said that to me too said something like i was i was uh bo was visiting uh, a friend here and uh i was grilling him and he said yeah carter he works too hard and i'm like uh, i roll i roll penn state guy saying guys work too hard <laughs> why i roll <laughs> Just because, like, especially for me, especially at that age. So Carter would have been, we're talking about 18, 19, maybe 20 at this time. Listen, you got all the energy in the world. You can just go all day long. I remember when I was 18, I'm just, I, 18, 19, 20, I'm wrestling all the time. Because, like, you're 18, 19, 20, you don't get sore. You don't get tired. You just go, 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 go. You know, you could do that. Now you get to 30 or something, you got to slow it down a little bit. But when they're that yeah. young, man, let, let them go. Yeah, and go he does. Um, yeah, and that was pretty much the the most significant. You know, Kale was non-committal about the weights that he can't commit in, like twenty-five. I don't know if those yet. Fifty-seven, sixty-five, still unknowns. But thirty-three, forty-one, forty-nine with Bo, and then seventy-four up is pretty well established. Ninety-seven is is a consideration with uh, Max and and Beard, but. I just feel like it's going to be Max Dean when when the dust settles. So yeah. that'll be uh, but that'll that'll have to play out. And uh, Kale mentioned that uh, Beard upped his game since Max arrived. So that's uh, so it should be a, a fun battle to watch. It's just it's just hard to envision Max Dean on the bench. Yeah, it, it's okay. hard to imagine. But it's hard, I mean, if if Beard got better, it's kind of hard to imagine him on the bench also, right? It is. It is. And this I is got an idea, Christian. Me. Christian, I got an idea. Ready for my idea? Hit me. Yeah. Staroki 65. Brooks oh 74. Gosh. Beard 84. You in or what? No. I'm I that, it seems like a those idea. guys seems like a good seems like a good idea. One of your worst ideas. Those guys can't make those weights. <laughs> Wimps, why can't they cut more weight? It's all mental. Know. It's all, all mental. mental. <laughs> Okay, Ben, I'm gonna hold you to that. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, so that's that on the Penn State media day. There's maybe some, were there any nuggets I missed, uh, Bray? Before we move on, no, I th the RBY thing was the the biggest to me, and uh, like I said, I take it with a grain of salt that when when that yeah. decision comes, I'll think more. The other about between it. the lines thing, the other between the lines thing that's worth paying attention to is. They were talking about uh, 125, and um, Kale mentioned there's a bunch of guys, a bunch of different options. But there was a little little line in there, a little quote in the article uh, that said something along the lines of – actually, I have it right here. He said – Kale said, I think every program probably checks the transfer portal every day, um, which, you know, that, that may be uh, – that may become a pretty big factor. Uh, you know, obviously, Nick Soriano still lingers out there, um, and I don't know if that's – Kale saying, yeah, we're definitely talking to him and thinking about him and all that kind of thing. But that was the other big, big question for me. I was like, man, will there be any little inkling or indication that they might have somebody else come in mid mid year? And uh, that door is still open. Yeah, the door, the door is open because Nick hasn't decided yet. But, you know, it, it remains to be seen where where Nick's now. So hopefully we'll find that out sooner rather than later. I would imagine the next couple of weeks we'll have a decision from from Nick Soriano. I don't know if he'll go to Penn State though. Well, 
We will see. Okay. Could Nick announce Other... Lyle on FRL? <laughs> that would be awesome. That's a good goal. That's a good goal, Ben. Maybe, good maybe goal. so. You gotta have goals on. By the way, I'm rooting. I've, I've heard. Hey, one thing I've heard from multiple people that that Beard is putting it on Dean in the room, and I just got another text from another person with that same report. Uh-oh. It's just like, it's just like people continue to say that from all over the place. So I mean, I don't know. Take that for what it means, and I know you already kind of discussed. Who texted that. you? When I'm not gonna tell you who texted me. I'm not gonna reveal my source, but uh, <laughs> but Kale but, it's, but I've. I've, I've, now heard it my from, I've heard it from multiple college. people. I've heard it from multiple people. Yeah, I'm, I'm I actually was stuff. hearing that as well, but I just I refuse to think Max Dean won't be the starter when it's all said and done. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Other news. Right. Lots lots I got my of co- I got my correspondence on it, Christian. Okay. Put your feelers out there. Let's talk about some more recruiting news. Ohio State continues yeah. to rack up recruits. Killing it. Vinny Kilkiri to Ohio State. They are killing it. This is a lightweight. This is a definite area of need for Ohio State. The Latrobe connection, um, you have to figure, played a, played a factor here for them landing Vinny Kilkiri. So a good get there for the Buckeyes. And then TJ Stewart to Virginia Tech. I didn't know that this was coming uh, anytime soon. I know Tech. Thought they had a good shot at at TJ, but there are obviously a lot of contenders for for TJ's uh, talents, and he's made his decision. He's going to Virginia Tech. David, anything to add on these commitments? I mean, Kilkiri, like the Ohio State recruiting month they've had is is just crazy. And I mean, it's longer than a month. It started a long time ago when they got Shoemate and Feldman, and um, you know, Shoemate committed super super early, but then Feldman committed. He's been committed for a long time. So you knew you had the makings of a special class. You get Buzakis and Mendez, 2022 is insane. And then Kilkiri and Rocco Welsh in 23. I mean, they, they've got two classes back to back that are like potential program changers. Obviously, those guys need to pan out, but but that's crazy. Um, the TJ Stewart fit is is really interesting. They could have Hunter Bowen back for one year next year, 84, which would allow tj to have a year in the room with with hunter which is great and then they've got years of depth in the weight classes surrounding him makai lewis at 74 has plenty of time left on the clock and uh and um at 97 uh what's his name andy he just smith. has he's crazy the goat andy smith what? andy smith but also uh who who wrestled at southeast open this last weekend Dakota howard match with cody howard yeah, Dakota Howard. he's he's gonna be around for a while so they've got a lot of like They've got kind of what you want if you're thinking about partners. Like they've got guys who are going to be in the room for a long time around him, but a need in a year after his red shirt. Um, so it's it's a it's a pretty nice fit. And they have our buddy, the horseman, Jared Hot, there to wrangle them all, get them, whip them all into shape. Wrangle them all. Yeah. Okay. The, um, the other, yeah, the, 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 well, the other recruiting thing too. Zach, Zach Hansen committed to Stanford. That's uh, another good get for for Stanford. He's a 2023 guy. But, um, you know, they got Hunter Garvin like a couple weeks ago and then last last week, Zach Hansen. So, yeah, good stuff there. And where's Debiskin's com- commit to? His commitment's coming out this afternoon, 5 p.m. Eastern. Whoa. Do, a flow? Do you know where he's going? I know where he's going. Oh, man. But I, I, secret, I am sworn to secrecy. You? I'm, I'm sworn to secrecy, yeah. Yeah, I recorded a video with him, so uh, I know where he's going. Um, all right. Well, Give us a hint. I, no, no hints. 
It's division one. None of our business until five o'clock. And then it's everybody's business. <laughs> That's a good one. So we got news dumped by the PIAA or District 6 or whatever last oh week when they sanctioned. This, I mean, you would have thought 20 to 36 months. What were they? What were what were the crimes here? I mean, they, I just I can't believe I'm reading a length of time that that's substantial for if you don't know, Bishop McCord is soon to be one of the best, you know, Pennsylvania high school wrestling teams or, or nationwide wrestling teams is where the Bassets go. Sam Herring, um, Forrest, a lot of guys, right? Of uh, the Gibson brothers. Well, they they suspended Coach Bill Bassett for a year, and they are facing potential 36 months, which for you math majors, that's three years of no no postseason competition. Well, I've never heard of such a thing. I mean, this is like an SMU level death penalty for for a high school that you know, what is, what is the actual, I, I am, I'm genuinely asking curiously, is this just all about, Hey, they went to Bishop McCourt and they've recruited wrestlers. And it's just as simple as that, that they're, they're trying to get wrestlers on their team. And as a result, they get suspended. Is it as simple as that? David? But does the PIA not put out what they found or what? Was well, district they, six. It, yeah, go ahead, David. Right. Well, they said they have a 200 page document. Um, so, and that's, it's not clear what's in that document, but that's, wow. you know, that's interesting for kind of hearsay is that it's like recruiting allegations, but there, there are things that, um, seem maybe misinterpreted. I, there's going to be a really strong effort to appeal, but I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, I was texting with you when I saw this Christian and, and the thing for me is like, these I can think of so many things. So the WIA would be Wisconsin's, right? Just that we're just preposterous decisions because bureaucracy loves bureaucracy and they want to have power and they want to tell people what to do. And so, like, kind of like Valiant Prep did, or I said, if I do my thing, like, I'm going to take my ball and play in my own court. I'm not going to play by their rules. And so, th- therefore, they have no power over me. I mean, that's it feels like that's what these guys should do. They should just start their own school. Uh, and do their own thing because yeah these these governing bodies i remember the most preposterous one in wisconsin was uh, a brother and a sister got in a fight and uh they didn't and it, they're both really good wrestlers uh and they didn't let the brother wrestle at state that year and he was ranked number one in the state this is like Wait, ridiculous well, what do you mean they got in a fight hold on Wait, well it was sister? it was it was the Lampies, right? Alyssa Lampy was a senior level wrestler. The brother and uh-huh. sister had to fight at the house, and yeah, they didn't let the brother wrestle the state. Okay, how how would they know about that? I listen. I don't want to get into it. Let's Bishop McCord. I'm just saying. I'm telling you, it was it was preposterous. It was like 15 years ago. I can tell you, it was ridiculous. Now let's get back to what we're talking about. Okay, well, someone's snitching in the lane. I mean, they snitched on themselves, though. All right, anyways. Um, anyways. There's no way. Listen, I've, I've, me and my brother got in 56 fights. Uh, you know, no one's – no one's. <laughs> that only gets out if people are talking about it. I don't understand. Anyways, you brought it up. So I'm allowed to be confused by that that scenario. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's – it's uh, I, I – I, I think Bro- our guy Brock has like the best overall solution for this. Like, I don't understand how you can punish middle school kids to to not wrestle. Like, you're we're, it's like 
pre-crime all, almost like what they're pre-crime. they're not even in the school yet and they can't they can't compete for two three years you're, you're it's just such a, it's such a why can't they let the kids wrestle but maybe they can't count team scores that's like brock's solution they don't count like bishop mccourt you can't win yeah. states but bo bassett can be a state champion that to me seems fair if you're trying to if you're worried about the competitive balance if you're saying hey well they shouldn't be able to take a state title from someone else. The bottom line is Bo Bassett's going to be wrestling in the state of Pennsylvania, PIAA. So I don't think it really, I, I think it's just uh, maybe a little bit overly punitive. I don't know. I haven't read the so 200 can, can page document. Can the kids go to other schools? I don't think so. I mean, the, the, the Gibsons the were at Raps? another school. Could they go they to could National do that. Raps? Yeah, they could okay. go to Blair or Wyoming Seminary and, and be totally outside of yeah, the purview of PIAA. But, but um, I don't think that's what they want to do. Otherwise, they probably would have just done that. Um, but the idea – and also, it's like these parents decide to move to a place, okay? I, if, if, a, if my parents say we're moving, if I'm 13 or 14 years old, what – I'm moving. I don't have a. I'm not able to be like. Well, hold on. Is this a recruiting violation? Tracy so Piles now, has all kinds of recruiting violations on him. <laughs> no doubt. There's no question. So, if my parents say we're moving and I go, you're going to this school. I'm 14. I'm going to this school now. Yeah. But now because it is a decision that's made completely outside of my power, I can't wrestle in the postseason. I don't understand that. That doesn't seem. That just doesn't make sense to me. And yeah, I hope uh I hope there's a more reasonable punishment. I'm not saying this was like What about could some of these kids go back to their home states and wrestle? They could, but there's no way they I don't the herrings aren't moving back to Tennessee for this. Okay. Um, I heard Tennessee's a wonderful place. It is a wonderful place. <laughs> Tennessee's awesome. I think uh, I think the example that, that is that kind of yeah, I think the example that kind of really encapsulates what's going on here, the, the one student athlete is Eric Gibson. Look, So you look at this guy's high school career. As a sophomore, he was at Forest Hills. He was injured at the state tournament, so he, and I think that was in a semi, so he ended up finishing sixth. Then last year, he was ruled ineligible because of the transfer. Now, this year, he'll be a senior, and he won't get to wrestle in the Pennsylvania State Tournament. And and he so he'll have ended up you know wrestling at PIAAs once, I think, placed once. And then he doesn't get to kind of go down in Pennsylvania history. He doesn't get to throw his hat in the ring. Then when you think about like, what is the, what is the point of this penalty? If the point is to like teach this, this guy a lesson or something, I don't know if it's really teaching anybody anything. Eric Gibson is a Cornell recruit. He's, he's ranked nationally. That hasn't changed at all because he was ineligible for high school. And he's still, you know, performed at, at national level tournaments, you know, placing at Fargo, Super 32, Powerade, on and on and on. And and one of the things that that I would be thinking about if I was part of the PIAA was like, are we making ourselves irrelevant as an organization by keeping some of the best kids out? And if so, is that something we should we should reinvestigate? Is that something that we should really think about? Uh, because I mean, it's 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 it sucks for Eric Gibson that he doesn't get to wrestle with his team at the state championship, which is a really cool event and a really big important event. But it's not like that's you know hurt his prospects or anything. I mean, he, it's just, it made that bracket a little bit less competitive. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't like with where wrestling is now, if you're, I, I don't, I don't know what you accomplish by keeping these kids out. 
Yeah. I mean, I, so I think what it goes back to again, like bureaucracies and power and they love it. We go back to someone like DNCA or the IOC, which is a higher level bureaucracy than the PIA. And that's like, you know, think about them keeping kids uh, or making kids ineligible for really minor amounts. I mean, I, I think about the Fresno state guy last year who uh, a coach's, girlfriend lent him like three hundred dollars to pay parking tickets because he couldn't register for classes of which he paid back all of it but that that's a violation you know like what did that teach anyone he paid back his he paid back his loan he needed help from a friend a friend gave him help that's not like you know it's just a stupid freaking rule and so you, know, you look at these state associations and i guess maybe because i don't compete at that level i'm just thinking about coaching all of the kids I don't think much about kids moving between schools or anything like that. But a lot of these guys think like transferring and power teams, like that's the end of the world. It's going to be terrible. Everyone's going to do it. It's going to be the end of the Pennsylvania PIA as we know it. And so we got to stop them. I mean, that that's like, that's how they think. Like you have to put yourself yeah. in, in. Now, I don't like their perspective. I think it's really bad perspective, but you got to think like, what are they thinking? That's the narrative that they've constructed for themselves. If we allow, if we allow these high school coaches to recruit, then, you know, it's going to be so bad for the sport. It's going to be the end of this and the end of that. And we can't, we can't let them do that. So we got to do a harsh punishment to show them, show them we, they're not doing that. So w one of the sticking points for the case, I guess, against Bishop McCourt and coach Bill Bassett is, is the club element that he runs a club, the compound, and that that somehow is a, that seems to be a sticking point for, the PIAA's yeah. case against them that, hey, you we, can't have a yeah, club yeah. coach that's also a high school coach. So you can't do that in Wisconsin also. And, and right. people so generally, maybe, for the most part, abide by it in Wisconsin. I mean, for yeah. Yeah. So, like Jody but again, not another, a, not a, another stupid rule, though. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I mean, well, you're I essentially understand. punishing coaches that want to put more time and effort into their kids, which if you have a coach and this, you know, again, you go back to think of like, what are they thinking there? And it's like, well, if we have coaches who are encouraging kids to do more seasons of their sport, then they're going to do less other sports. And that's going to be bad because then kids are just going to be one sport athletes and one sport athletes are terrible. Like that. I mean, that's literally what these people, I'm telling you, that's what they're thinking. Yeah. Yes. People say that. Yeah. People, people said that to me about my club. They're like, yeah, but now you're encouraging kids to do less sports. That's so bad for them. Like I've had people come at me, many people, because we encourage our guys not to do Greco. Like, oh, you're bad. You're not letting them do Greco. That's so dumb. Now they're not competing. It's like, okay, you know what? Um, just because we choose to wrestle another style, like you don't like that. Sorry. Get lost. Yeah. Yes, that, well, that, that's what yeah. these people are thinking. That's a narrative they're creating for themselves. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a pretty separate thing. We could talk about the Greco thing, but um, yeah, I, I guess that's I guess that's the long and short of it. Um, hopefully yeah. that gets appealed and there's a there's a agreement between both sides. The lens, because right now I think it's a little they they really threw the book at them. Um, yeah, I mean, if they were paying guys or something, that would that would be something. That when I see thirty six months, I think like, dude, we're just like writing checks. That's where my mind goes. Or like, there's got to be some real, real benefits given here that just aren't the case. I don't think. My understanding yeah. is that yeah. Bishop McCourt does not have any 
athletic based scholarships or financial aid. That's my understanding. Okay. Um, Ben, do you just, when people say you're trying to make uh, people just one sport athletes, do you tell them that you are a star nose tackle? <laughs> I say, listen, th these are the times. And at the end of the day, what, what do we want youth sports to do for kids? We want youth sports to build good character. So when they move on to the rest of their life, they can use those skills that they develop to help them be better at life. That's what we want. So I don't give a damn if they're doing it in three sports or one sport. It doesn't really matter to me. It is very rare where I try to convince a kid to not do other sports. I mean, that's happened like two or three times. Mostly it's like, hey, if you want to do that, go do that. We're, we're here year round. There's plenty of kids who want to wrestle year round. I'll coach those kids. And there's been a couple cases where I've been like, hey, man, you're like you're about to have that breakthrough moment. Like if you put a little more time into this, we're, we're going to get it. So uh, let's consider maybe not doing that other thing. Like that's happened a couple times, but not very many times. Would you tell Caleb Piles to stop playing baseball for the Pflugerville Astros? He's only like nine. Hell no. <laughs> I mean, I've had those okay, conversations in high school, maybe. Or, if, you know, if a kid comes to me and they say, well, at, their, at, say at 12 or 13, this happened. Hey, I want to go get a Division one college scholarship. What do I got to do? And I said, well, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of time and effort. And here's what we're going to have to do. But, you know, again, when we think about what do we want youth sports to provide for our kids, that's it. We want them to learn discipline, work ethic, perseverance. All the, those are the things. That's what we want them to get out of it. It doesn't matter if they're playing one sport, three sports, seven sports. Doesn't matter as long as they get those qualities. They get those qualities. Yeah, um, I'd be curious to know what percentage of one twenty-five through let's say one sixty-five-ish athletes did one sport wrestling versus. You look at maybe the podium yeah. or NCAA qualifiers, like how many of them specialize. So if you have a goal of yeah. division one, like you see it, obviously I'm, I, I excluded the heavyweights because many of them play football, especially yes. at heavyweight. Well, really, I, I would even say like, so obviously the, the those kids grow, right? So at the high school level, you're probably saying 170 and above um, mm -hmm. generally. So if you're if you're 170 high school kid and above and you're reasonably athletic, you're going to have success in almost all sports. You're going to be able to play varsity. It's going to be in, in in the wheelhouse for you. If you're a 106 to 120 pound high school kid, like you could do uh, cross country, maybe track. Mm -hmm. Like you're not you're not going to be a starter on the football team. You're not going to you know you're not going to be a superstar in a lot of other sports. And then those kids, so you know when they're younger, when they're middle school kids, and they're you know, 75, 80, 90 pounds, like what, what other sports can they play really well? And the answer is like not very many. And so they're very much more likely to want to come wrestle more because otherwise in football, they're just sitting on the bench. That's not fun, you know, so they'll no. come wrestle more. So we, we obviously have a lot more little guys because of, because of that. Okay. We had the, uh, episode one of the top 100 came out. I don't know if you got to check it out yet, Ben, but We've, we put the, uh, the first 10 in order there. You're not on that list, Ben. Sorry to say. I don't know if you're in the top 100 yeah. or not, but you're not in there. What What were your thoughts so far? You're the only person on FRL that has a chance. Sorry, David, to get in this, this list, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I, th I thought it was a good list. I, I love um, – I, I now listen. I, I know you guys worked really hard. I kind of wish they were longer. I wish you guys could talk more about these people. Um, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, 
and you know same thing i think you guys had one guy that was kind of really out of the era in there um bill cole and that's kind of you know bill cole that was who it was yes which you know I he's so he awesome a, i heard he was such a badass but that was dude you know like how do you he got no matches you got nothing he just he just he Matt returned people just to concuss them. Just to Is that true? Do we know that's true? Because we don't have any matches. Listen, all we have is 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 what is said. The the folklore. It's almost better. This guy stormed the beaches of Normandy for this great nation, and then come back crotch, and Matt returned. If this beach, is not Shane Sparks' favorite wrestler of all time, I mean, the guy, a true patriot. Matt returned so much that they had to change the rules that you can't just slam dudes on their face. We know that's real. It was said. That makes it real. It was said. They changed the rule. They literally wrote a new rule. What What do you think he was doing to concuss them? Was he trapping their arm? Because that yeah, obviously that's dangerous. Or was Was there some other trick he had where he would, you know get invert their feet up over their head? Like, uh, what was he doing? I'm so curious now tombstones maybe we don't know there's no <laughs> video cameras, the hell do you... cameras didn't exist <laughs> oh yeah was, i love that bad, that, was, bad... that was great dude what a legend I, oh my gosh i know they do have some really i don't know if it's as old as bill cole i can tell you at the at the hall of fame in stillwater they do have some really old field where you can like pick them out and watch certain old matches i've done it before um I don't know if they go as old as Bill Cole. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. So it's fun. it's funny to uh the conversation it started is uh, you know, as people we we knew going in, like, bad, we are just gonna get nitpicked to death. There's no order that could satiate anyone because you're I mean, look right, you have Bill yeah. Cole next to James Green next to Daniel Cormier. Like it's it's just insane comparing eras, yeah. comparing styles, comparing all yeah, across the board. Insane. So it's really tough yeah. to do. So you have to figure out, you want to give high weight to folk style in CAA. You want to give high weight to domestic senior and high weight to domestic international. So you're trying to weigh all these things. And so um, it, it, it's really tough. And you have a legend like Brent Metcalf, number 100, which, I mean, that that's an honor. But, it, you know, he doesn't have a senior level medal. I kind of which, thought Metcalf would be higher. Well, no, no medals hurts. Two champs yeah. is good. He was dominant, but I think as the list plays out, I think it'll make more sense. You have someone like James Green, who's a, a multiple medalist and has made yeah. umpteen teams. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a case, but look right there. Zane Zane Rutherford is two two ahead of him. He couldn't be much ahead of yeah. Zane or, or even ahead of Zane. Zane was more credentialed at 149. That's why I don't listen. I don't want to make an argument against myself, but I don't know that I deserve. If I'm on this list, I don't know that, that I deserve to be any higher than these guys. Like I feel like that I'm kind of comparable with where they're at. Not to argue against myself. But if you're nothing. on there, if you're on there, theoretically, being an Olympian has tremendous weight. Um, okay. And also, a high level of dominance against your field yeah. has tremendous Zane weight. was so be- also. That's another one where Zane was. Yes. So obviously True. Zane is still wrestling, so he could continue to move up. Um, he could. Yeah. Oh, Ross Patton's he's mad about Metcalf at 100. He said, he said without knowing 90 through zero or 90 through one, he says it's a travesty. <laughs> How? I mean, move him up one spot. 
How do you get him ahead of Guerrero? And, and Shane Sparks wants to give uh, Bill Cole a statue. I'm for it. <laughs> it should be at Flow Sports headquarters. He he could be the official wrestler of the of, of Flow Sports for all I care. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the best the best criticism it. I've. Kozak, right, now, no, I, I want to. I'm going to fire. Can I fire Kozak again? <laughs> if we can get HR involved, sure. He said. He said NCAAs is an age level competition, and while that is obviously mm. true, uh, I mean it is one of the most comparable things because this is something that nearly everyone on your list went through, right? Um, and depending on the era, some some people may or may not have continued to wrestle internationally, or the international careers with different lengths. But everyone has the same length of NCA career. So that that's a really good area where you can kind of compare how everyone did with each other. Um, and the other thing is, which is unfortunate, they do not compete in folk style at the world level, which I wish they would, because obviously for some of us, like myself, um, folk style suits me significantly better than freestyle does. So I would like to compete at folk style on, on the world stage. Uh, I, I realize that's never going to happen, obviously. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't like to because some people who freestyle suits them better, they're going to obviously appear to be better, but it's just a style that suits them better. They may not be have you know be a better wrestler, right? If you combine both styles, but at a world level, they're doing better because that style suits them more. Yeah, and the sentence you said is the exact thing I said when we were doing this list, just to like mine, like. NCAA folk style is great because almost all the people in this list did it. It's a yeah. great measuring stick for for it. And yeah, um, it'll be more and more fun as more lists come out. We have one coming out this Thursday, which will be um, nice. It's, it's every through... Thursday. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah, every Thursday we have an episode coming out, and then and then usually the day after, Kyle Klingman has a little article breaking down, diving into the credentials a little more. So, like you said, you know, it's nice to slow down, dive into these guys a little more. You can do that with the article, read about them. So it, it's pretty cool. But my favorite criticism uh, that, that I saw was on Twitter, and that was in response to your tweet about it, CP. And uh, who was it? Some guy said, what, what, is, what is the point of, the, of all of this? <laughs> what is the what? point of this? He was really confused that we would even do something like this. Was like, ah, just, just, a, just a video, just some videos, just, uh, I don't know, start a conversation, maybe honor some wrestlers that don't really get the – get the pub like no one is talking about mike Houck or bill cole very often in wrestling but i think it's good to put some of these uh lesser known <laughs> names in the conversation like iris smith yeah it's, it, was, it cracked me up when this guy was like why are you doing this what's the point <laughs> it's just what wrestling videos on. yeah shout shout out man the 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 work that bader and Klingman put into this and really Ooh. bray and kozak what? I think Ross Patton's mad about the Metcalf thing, but he does have a point. Like, I, so now <laughs> we're going to all the variables, Christian. All of the variables, we are just dissecting them, discussing them. Yes. Listen, if you want to break down the difficulty, this is a, a, a this is a true fact. You want to break down the difficulty of of an American an American placing at the world champ world and Olympic championships at say ninety seven. Uh, or whatever that weight class is, like the second one and the heavyweight versus American placing at 65 kilograms. It is so much easier for an American to place at a higher weight class than it is at nine at 65. What do you think about that? Well, hold on. 
you don't get to say because it hasn't happened that it's harder to do. Well, crap, I do too. It's statistically, it's statistically. No, no that's not what that means. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is what it means. No, no, because yeah. we have Kyle Snyder at 97 kilograms. That's, that's the difference. If we were rolling no, out no, someone else. Big Varner meddled and Cormier meddled and pretty much all of the guys meddled at those weight classes. That, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that 65 is, mean, if, is if you, inherently more difficult. Necessarily. Uh, yeah, of course it does. Just because it, no, we, we, no, can't, it we can't get a medal there. We have all these good dudes. We got Zane. We got Brent. We got all these good dudes. And we can't get one freaking medal there. That means it's tougher. For sure. It is definitely harder for an American to get a medal at those weight classes. The weight classes are not as deep as they get bigger. I don't know. Japan just ain't got big dudes or something. I don't know what their problem is. They suck up high. Right? It is. Listen, I'm not trying to be little these guys. I'm just trying to, to define the variables. If you're a bigger guy, uh, nine say 90 kg and above it's easier to meddle with the worlds than it is as a 65 kg guy for sure yeah i i oh, just yeah. don't agree that the presence of american medals means that it's easier to medal there it's just like sometimes well, we have i mean we have, so obviously we have kyle and jaden that, we have kyle and jaden and david taylor at those weights that's the difference but before that go back we've we've always had historically more medals go before that go the last 30 years We've always done well at those weight classes. Yeah. Think about it. I don't mean, know. So we have Varner, we have Varner uh, before that. Uh, who do we have between – so Cormier was obviously 03 through 08. Who do we have there? Um, yeah, we're, we're historically doing really well at those upper weight classes. And historically, we're not doing very well at – you know. so obviously when, when you go to more, I think when you, when you went uh, – you know, we got the – what was it? Well, back in the day, there was the like 105, which was real weird. That was strange uh, for an adult male. Um, but we'll just say like the one right now, it's 125, 143, and then all the way up to 163, which is it's an absurd gap. It really is at the Olympic level. And that was the weight class for a while. But when you went like 25, 36, 45, 52, 54, whatever that is, when you have those gaps, um, makes it a little easier. But when you had that 25, 43, 63, that was so ridiculous. And yes, it was preposterously hard to medal at 65 kilograms for an American. Because I think if if you took, if I'm Christian, if I took out the Olympic international level stuff and I just said, hey, let's rate these wrestlers, um, who's better based on based on college level competition? And I threw at you Metcalf and Zane and Yanni and J.O., like, you know, you would rate those guys equally as high as you would a lot of the 97s. I mean, maybe you'd give Kyle the nod a little bit, but the reason you're probably giving Kyle the nod a little bit is because of his international stuff. Yes, that is true. Um, I mean, we, we've had success that back when it was 62, 68, 63. We were bringing home a lot of medals. Um, I wish we had the whole, I wish we could look through the whole list right now so we could actually have like a real good argument. I mean, you know, because you obviously, yeah, yes, John Smith and, and Kendall and, and Terry and Tom Brands. But then you go back to the era, well, there's only one, there's only one Soviet in there, which that, that obviously makes the weight classes less deep, therefore easier to get a medal. Yeah. So many variables. I told you we're talking about all of them. Yeah. No, no doubt. 
And also there's there's a if if Brent had just been making team after team after team after team, yeah, I think that would have got got him higher. But he stopped yeah, in sure. 2016. He made the team in 13, 14. Oh no. Um what were the years? He made it in 13, 13 14, 15, I think. 15. He made those three years, and he may have made it one year prior, somewhere in there. Um maybe eleven or something. He lost to Tayon one time. He lost here. I'm looking. I know in 12, yeah. he obviously wasn't on the team. 10, 13, 14, 15. 10. 10. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you, David. So he made, had four teams. That's a lot. It's a lot of teams. He's good. Listen, he's good. It's really good. Brent Metcalf's a legend. Okay. J.D. Raider is maybe possibly, hopefully, on his way back to Austin, Texas. He booked a direct flight Spirit Air from Belgrade to Austin, so he should be here in no Spirit time. Spirit Air is out of Belgrade. Tremendous. Yeah, direct. Direct. Uh, Belgrade to You get the oh. most travel time for the money. Yep. You love it. <laughs> so uh, he'll be back tomorrow. Big Tone stole the show, man. He was, he was breaking dudes at U23. He's U23 world champion. He looks fantastic. Our boy Ivan out of Russia said, who is this monster you guys have? He didn't know about Big Tone, but, uh, man, he looked. Now it's impressive. Tone he, Tone. Tone Tone. Yeah, we got to stick with that. Shout out KJ Pilcher for that one. We're going to try to utilize that one. But, man, he looked he looked really good and just adds to the, uh, the, the legend of this heavyweight class we have with Gable, Mason, Colton Schultz. To my point. To my point. We can't not win medals at heavyweight right now. (laughs) Yeah. We're winning all of the medals. All of them. Greco, freestyle, cadet, junior, U23s, Olympics. Women's. Are we winning women's heavyweight too? Adeline Gray. She wins them all. What about the age levels? What about the age levles? Are we winning there? Kylie and Kennedy are, are upper weight wrestlers. She heavyweight? Tremendous... Well, they're up there. They're up certainly upper weights. Okay. Yeah. Kylie, yeah, Kylie just won a U23 bronze medal at 76 kilos. Oh, so that is the biggest weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. We have, we yeah, have that, big have right, you, you made that tweet. USA. You made that tweet, Christian. That was pretty absurd. Yeah, that's just in the Big Ten. Uh, just in the Big you know, Ten. You factor, you factor in Colton Schultz in the Pac, Pac-12. He's a cadet world champion. It's, uh, I mean, he's a senior mm-hmm. world team member. It's, it's a uh, pretty insane. So yeah, um, that was a that was exciting stuff there. Do we want to get to to some questions before we before we go? Uh, yeah, I you know I never got the doc today, so I've been kind of flying blind a little bit. Oh but, snap. Uh, I'm I'm having fun over here. All right, sorry about that. Yeah, we're out of our routine with JD not here. I, I apologize to all of you that had to wait. I forget which day it was. I forgot to upload the show so you could listen to it on your on your dang cell phones, which Jeez, is how, how rude. The vast majority of you. Well, it wasn't exactly rudeness. It was just uh, <laughs> what we could call it idiocy um, and and forgetfulness. That would be a little more appropriate. So I forgot, but I will I will remember to remember today. That is my quest to you. Okay. Question here from Pops Redfoot. Gable and Kale are the two most successful coaches in recent NCAA history. They have two very contrasting coaching styles. What do you think wrestling 
would be like today if the order had been reversed and quote fun Ooh, kale had, be, had come before grind kate gable this is a this is a very ben askren specific question in my mind so i'm curious for your thought hmm uh, you know what i kind of i didn't read all those that question i should have i think i saw it last night maybe on twitter um hmm i feel like for what america was like just the the gable era was at the right time i i don't know that kale the kale thing would have taken the thing is i i know kale they have a high level of secrecy like i think they grind a little bit too like i think those dudes love wrestling and they work really hard so i think that the fun is made a little too forefront there for them um and it's kind of maybe throw everyone off the scent of what they're really doing you know i think as a country we are um we're learning to wrestle a little more and you see, you see that coming through at the at the world level for sure um there and there was a there was an era and this is i don't think and this is i think i was taking out of context or maybe people don't understand my argument but like gable mimics people mimicking gable weren't able to do what he did i think gable probably while he focused on conditioning he also had a high level of technical proficiency within his coaching style and other people who mimicked him didn't they focused just on the conditioning and that was it and i think that that did us a little disservice um for a while and so now we're mixing we obviously still have great cardio we still break dudes but now we have a high level of technical proficiency also yeah i think there i think gable has been marginalized and i think kale has been marg. i think they've both been yeah. sort of marginalized as coaches right what do you, mean by, what do you mean by that exactly okay well i think people try to put gable in this box of all he did was just they just went live yeah. and went, did ran stadiums and just did hardcore stuff and cut tons away and did everything the hardest way possible to the nth degree yeah. possible when i don't think that was actually the case i do think yeah, there was a lot of hard work and there was a lot of maybe what would be considered old school stuff. But I think it was, I think part of Gable's genius was his, uh, his malleability of his philosophy yeah. from athlete to athlete. I think it was Bannock mm -hmm. was one of the guys. He's like, no, this dude only wrestles live and he only comes in. That's all he's doing. And that's, that was the, the plan for this guy and the plan for Tom and Terry Brands was mm -hmm. different than it was for Alger, than it was for Ironside. For Mena, for McElravey, like McElravey, he he had these concussion problems, and it, and Gable did some different, unique things with him. So I think he wasn't just that. I think that's how he's been marginalized. Yeah. And I think Kale has been marginalized. Yeah, so like, oh, we have hour-long practices and 30 minutes of dodgeball, and then we spar for a little bit and go home. It's like, that is <laughs> not what is happening there. These guys that's are savages. Come on, bro. These guys are savages. They train like crazy. And they yeah. are they, I think, Kale's thing is he's he's really thoughtful about the work and i think there is uh a real focus on not overtraining for sure and they're they they focus on periodization they have they do have ways and methods that are certainly beneficial to them but it's not just like the the work's being done there and there's suffering happening at, at, at happy valley yes. right so that's that's my thing and i think the answer is both would have transcendent success in any era, I believe, because yes. they're yes. adaptable.
winners and they didn't just win one certain way. And I think the best question is what happens if they both coach against each other in the same area? Oh, let's do it. That's the question. What if we did, what if we did a, let's piss everyone off Christian. What if we did a um, Gable dream team versus kale dream team? Mm, That'd be fun. Can kale be on his own team? Can he draft no, himself? No, no, no. Player someone, coach? someone they coached. Someone they coached. That would be. Oh, fun. this will be fun. All right, let's. Okay, cool. let's get legends. No, no, oh, man. no. But, um, but having no, them coach I, I like against what... each other, having them coach against each other will be so interesting because I, I mean I want to see what those recruiting battles look like. I want to see who ends up on what team. I want to see like all those things. You know. Yeah. That's I, true. I like because because you don't have you don't have the the twenty tens era wrestlers going against the 90s era wrestlers like you've got yeah. different 90s wrestlers on different teams now and that's i mean it's very interesting yeah yeah so that'll be so much fun i'm so in for that um yeah i i think i think you nailed it christian that and that's just kind of people in general like over they like people don't a lot of people don't like thinking hard and so they like oversimplifying things and yeah i think there's a certain level of complexity to both gable and kale that most people miss because they like that simplicity and that's why i say like the Gable mimics the people who are trying to mimic him without actually understanding what he was doing. It it did it a little bit of a disservice to wrestling. Yeah, look look at One how the, many yeah. Bill Belichick coaches have been NFL head coaches, and they think they're getting these these organizations think they just hired Bill Belichick because he was there. Don't confuse proximity to greatness with greatness. There's a there's a mm, different sort of thing going on there. Yeah. One of the interesting yeah. things about this question and, you know, who, who could could the Kale era have come first or whatever, Gable's story as an athlete, I think, really helped propel people to be attracted to his style as a coach. Because the whole story about Gable, I mean, he, you know, he was a mainstream wrestler, maybe the first. And people are like, first, Man, look at this yeah. guy. He, you know, he, he, as a high school kid, was running with a backpack full of books and, you know, picking up bricks and doing a super, super hard work. Yep. And then that was the same way that he coached. The difference with Kale is yes. there there was not this story that Kale is this happy-go-lucky, just lighthearted, like does everything super fun, like the different way from all the other wrestlers. It was just he was really, really good and he was winning so much and nobody could beat him. So then when he's coaching and all of a sudden people are talking about fun, it was surprising. It wasn't like I don't think everybody predicted that as – the thing that was going to be the major narrative coming out of his first NCAA championship teams. So I, that's a big difference that like, I, I don't know, just like narrative wise, I think people really wanted to buy into what Gable was selling at that time on the heels of the seventies where I, you know, I don't know that, that they would have been as, as willing to buy into that kind of mentality. Yeah. Uh, if, if Kale come off first. Yes, that's, I agree with that. Okay, question from Tommy. Does Iowa run away with the team title this year? Or does Penn State with Nikki push-ups make a hard push if he chooses Penn State? I think I don't think Penn State can probably win without set that kind of that kind of title contending infusion to their team. Iowa is just so yeah. they're so stacked this year. So I wouldn't I'm, you can't rule it out. But just because it's Penn State and they're just they're in the conversation, they're gonna have shoot, how many title contenders are they gonna have? You know, 33, yeah. 41, 74, 84, 97. So that's four. And then 97's a maybe. And then I won't give them, uh, can't can't say heavyweight, though. Maybe they, you know, Kirk Fleet is. They could place high. Ta- he could place high for sure. 
So you have four title contenders, maybe five and a half. Um, so that makes it interesting, but th- the, the drop-off that I think Iowa would have to have to not win is, is something outside of what it, I think is yeah. possible. Some injuries Without, or some ineligibility or something like that. Yeah, some some dumb COVID thing jamming them up. Um, and hopefully that doesn't happen. So I, I think they're going to be tough. I mean, Michigan's a team in, in consideration, but Iowa's – Michigan's going to be good. Iowa's just going to be really tough to beat this year. I'm I'm really Arizona State's it's, gonna be good. Yep. Michigan, yeah, Arizona State, no no question. Oklahoma State could be interesting as well. I'm really excited for next year's team race already. Is as great as this one's gonna be, next year's gonna be Chris, stop it. I so hate many. it when you guys do this crap. Like, let's enjoy this year. Don't wish the I, years away. Soon Caleb Pyle's gonna be 18 years old moving out. Oh, don't remind like me. Because you're wishing these years away. Oh, don't remind me. I think about that every day. Just like, oh, he's, <laughs> they're growing up. Ten and eight years old. It's like uh, getting me emotional. All right. Um, here's a here's last question. Which teams have the biggest potential to move up in the rankings? Um, oh, I'm curious see for well. your read. Okay, gotta, I'm going to pull your NCAA rankings up and let me see. NCAA rankings. Go to team, see where you team tournament. Oh, let's see, Iowa's good. So we need someone lower because, well, it's obvious you guys got Missouri at 14, so it's obviously Missouri. That is probably a, good, a really good one. Um, it's a good guess, not just because you're a total homer, but total. So homer. I think it's you and I at 20 really feels good. a little bit low. You're just looking at the know, teams where your, your wrestlers wrestle. Well, I mean, they've historically, historically, they've been better in 20. Let's see, North Dakota State, Duke. I'm looking at teams who are lower, obviously, because they have can jump more levels. Um, Cornell Michigan, and Michigan feels like they could move up. Yeah. Oh, Corn- oh, yeah, for sure. They definitely could. Cornell with, with Yanni Vito, the GOAT Ben Darmstadt. Um, yep. We like FOCA. Oh, there's another big name I'm Focus missing in there. They, I like the heavyweight, Luis Fernandez. Fernandez is good. They, like they could have a really good team. Like, um, I do like, I like Ohio State could, you know, if they end up wrestling Patty and they they have some guys that could climb up the ranks a little more. Someone like Carson Karcher could be scoring a lot more points than he's currently ranked ranked to score. Who, who is Ohio State going to have finish super high, though? Because they're – I feel like they have a lot of good guys, but between mm-hmm. – 25, um, 41, um, 57, 74, 83. 84, 97. So, um, no, 33 don't have anyone right now. But yeah, so I was going to yeah. say, those guys, even heavyweight, yeah. I feel like they're they're like 8 through 15 guys or, you know, 7 yeah, through 15. Right. Like the, the chance well, they move I mean, way up to a 2 or 3 I, is not big. So, yeah, I don't know about a 2 or 3, but Karchler right now is at 12. If he ended up, Fifth or yeah, I you know, somewhere there, him. you excluded him. Okay, so seventy four yeah. Smiths at six. I don't see him moving a lot from that. Eighty four Rocky Jordan's fifteen, but if Romero gets in there, I could see him hanging with with some of those. You know, dude, I, I don't know. Freaking if, stacked. Eighty four super stacked, but if he beats Dakota Gear, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm shocked. If he gets a win over Paz Nancy, yeah. I'm not shocked at that. Um, but then you guys so, got you can see him fishing lower because you guys got like. You know, Venn, Nelson Brands. I mean, those guys are down there lower, which could bump up also. 
Well, you mentioned Nelson. All the Iowa media has been super Assad heavy. Um, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's in all the posters and stuff, I'm pretty sure, um, which huh. sort of surprised me. Um, well, obviously, I'm not surprised that it's a uh, that that's a very real competition. I'm surprised how Assad forward they've been. And maybe it means nothing. Maybe Nelson wasn't available on that day. But, I, you know, sometimes all you can do is read into stuff. So, yeah, I think my answer is Cornell, last and final. I think they can move up significantly. I think they've got some strong title contenders. No. Ultimately, we know that's that's what really moves you up. Yes. Okay. Also, West Virginia. They're going to climb. Check it out. Um, all right. Good show, if I do say so myself. Fun one. We'll be talking more about the D1 results and the happenings. We'll be back in our home is just like 20 feet that way after reality uh-huh. tv concludes this is gonna be you guys are gonna love this i know you're you're like jujitsu whatever this is gonna be a really cool thing this uh this reality show we're doing this it's gonna be awesome like nothing we've ever done before and uh the idea is that one day we do it in wrestling so watch it juice those numbers and they'll be like we can do this on wrestling and you'll see wrestlers and it'll be awesome thank you guys so much thanks to ben Thanks to David. Thanks especially to you for listening. Thanks for all of you watching so much wrestling on Flow this weekend. That was great. And uh, yeah, more to come. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Peace.